All right, everybody, y'all know what that music means. We're back again. Yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, episode of DC Sports Plus, episode seven coming at you today. Yeah, a lot it, to talk about. A lot to talk about today. It's May 16th, uh, 2023, obviously, about, uh, what time is it, 6.03 p.m. Yeah. Uh, waiting on the uh, NBA lottery, which the Wizards will not win, in case you're wondering. They never do. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so we got we do have a lot of stuff we're gonna uh, hit on today. We're gonna talk about some commanders news. Uh, we're gonna talk about some Nats, and we're gonna talk about some Wizards. So when we first started this pod, um, we did say at the beginning we were gonna talk about you know all things DC sports, all things DC um, baby. And then so now we're we're actually gonna do that. We're fulfilling that promise <laughs> because yes, finally this will be the first uh, number seven will be the first one that we do with actual other talk. So. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get it started with the commander sale news that, that has come out. They signed the uh, binding agreement now. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, and, and the partners are still being vetted now. Uh, so we're looking at um, that is a good thing. Obviously, we've talked about that ad nauseum on here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what uh, I think you have a, a couple little tidbits that came out from a, a prospectus that was released today. They got the information from Josh Harris of what he kind of foresees going forward for the team. Yeah, kind of exciting stuff here. You know, we all know that uh, an agreement was put into place on Friday. Now it just is pending NFL approval. But, uh, you know, Josh Harris, the Josh Harris group, uh, some information did come out. Um, for example, you know, Harris expects Virginia to pay $1.5 billion for a stadium, meaning if the site was to be in Virginia, the state of Virginia would be paying up to $1.5 billion for that new stadium. Yeah. Pretty exciting. And it doesn't mean that, they, that that's what's going to happen. Right. It's just saying that's what he believes he can get, he can get to from Virginia. Now, right. D.C. might come out and try to beat it, yeah. which obviously I think if you're real diehard and, and you're old oh, enough. Yeah, it's got to be in D.C. It's got to be in D.C. at the RFK spot. Oh, yeah. That's the spot. But, yeah, that's just basically saying he's confident that the state of Virginia is willing to put up those funds for a stadium. Right. Now, whether that happens remains to be seen. Uh, but, you know, just a little tidbit there. Right. Um, obviously, a new interesting thing here where um, he wants to spend $100 million on structural repairs of FedEx Field. We all know that FedEx Field is falling apart. Even though we're going to get a new stadium, that's not going to be for another four to six years at the earliest. Right. So you got to fix what you currently got. Exactly. So the, the fact that he is willing to put in $100 million of structural repairs to FedEx Field that's very encouraging. Yes. And uh, that makes me feel good to know that he's going to put some money back into the stadium while we still have it. Because, again, we're still going to have it for another four to six years at the earliest. Yeah. And and that's something that Dan Snyder really didn't do, obviously, no. as you see the state of the stadium is now. Exactly. Exactly. And then one that I really like, he wants to spend $88 million on fan and player experience. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, get the fans excited. Uh, you know, put some money into the players as far as maybe – you know, getting better equipment yeah. or getting a new uh, facility, new workout facility. Yeah. But, but yeah, $88 million to upgrade the fan and player experience, I think that's very important. Yeah. And, I, and I think that goes a long way to the culture and move forward in a positive light. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, just good to hear. That, that came out today. Yeah, and they were uh, talking about, I think with that, they were talking about uh, video boards yeah. uh, for, the, for the fans and then uh, possibly like locker room upgrades. Yes, uh, because they said needed. our locker rooms are, are horrible, yes. according to players. Yes, uh, so that's good. Again, he's yeah. coming in brand new, yep. and and he sees these things need to be done, and he's going to put money on. It. And that's all we want. I yeah. mean, we want our new owner to put money because the bottom line is this: to make money, you got to spend money. Yep. And the bottom line is is that if you take care 
of your business, your business will take care of you. Hell yeah. So if you, if you inject money into the infrastructure of a team, whether it be the facilities, the players, the fan experience, you're going to get a return on your investment. Exactly. And Dan Snyder, for all of his faults, that was just another one of all of his faults. Yeah. He just did not put into the stadium. He did not put back into the team, and you saw how it went down. And to hear a report like this come out that Josh Harris is looking to put this kind of money into these aspects of the team is very encouraging. It, yeah. it makes me feel good, and it, it puts a positive light on the organization moving forward. Yeah, definitely. And, and we talked about before we started the pod, you know, that he's, he sees these things that needs to be done, and he's willing to do it. You know, and that's and that's a huge thing because not all owners anywhere does that. So he he's looking at it and he says, just like you said, you put it perfectly. To make money, you got to spend money. Yep. You know, and he's going to upgrade these things, and he knows the fan experience is going to be terrible because the stadium is terrible. So he's trying to help that to try to get more people to buy season tickets and try to get them in the door. Yep. You know, it makes it makes perfect sense from a business model aspect of it. That's all. And, and you would think with. Dan Snyder being supposedly a, a businessman, yep. that he would know these things. No, nope. you know, but he didn't give a shit. No, nope, he didn't. He didn't. And that, and and to see that Josh Harris and that gr- the group of his is willing to put money into it, and to see that he's ready to hit the ground running. Yeah, with this sale once it's finally approved by the NFL. Yeah, it's just very encouraging. These are very encouraging. Uh, things to hear about and be reported on. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and they had uh, news came out that Magic Johnson met with uh, Maryland yeah. uh, officials yep. uh, about you know what's going to go on, what they're possibly looking to do. So so don't think just because they said think you can get 1.5 billion from Virginia, don't think that's the end all be all. Oh, no. They're going to play all three markets, all three sides, and, and they're going to try to get the best deal for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might not add up to the 1.5 billion, but if you get RFK. I think they realize, especially Mitchell Rails, oh, yeah. who's who's a lifelong fan, lifelong fan from the area. Hell, Josh Harris is from, yeah, Bethesda. from Bethesda. He's the, he's, he's the lifelong fan, lifelong fan. So if there's any way in hell they can get that stadium at the old RFK site, believe me, that's where it's going to go. That's going to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. That's where it needs to be. Uh, this is the Washington Commanders, not the Virginia Commanders. Yeah, we want it in DC. You know, the Capitals play in DC. You know, the, the Wizards play in D.C. Come on, you know. Funny story. You know, we said the pod was going to take place a little while because we we, I was going to do some traveling. Mm-hmm. Out in Arizona, I was at the airport, and I was talking to somebody at the airport, and we were talking about the teams, and I said, you know, Washington. And they said they did not know. And they were a football fan. They're, they were an Eagles fan, actually. No, I'm sorry. They were a Cowboys fan. They did not know that Washington was in Washington D.C. Wow, that's that's ridiculous. They they thought they were in Washington State. Uh, wow. Did not know we were Washington D.C. Because hell, you know, I mean, if you don't even keep track of them that much, yeah. you know, you don't even know where they play at. But you know, it just goes to show you, Washington should be in Washington D.C. Gotta be in D.C. And it, it it would be it would just be where all fans everywhere would know where the hell. Where it come from? Yeah, the yeah. District of Columbia has to have a stadium for Washington to play in. That's what it needs to be. And I hope that over the next couple of years, that's what ends up happening. It remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. I mean, the Washington Wizards, where do they play? Yeah, they DC. play in D.C. Uh, the Washington Nationals, where do they play? He's right in D.C. Right they play in D.C. D.C. So yeah. you have the Washington Commanders yep. play, play in Maryland. Play in Maryland. 
Makes no sense. We got to fix that. Got to fix. Uh, so yeah, another quick note on the on the group. Everybody is you see stuff on Twitter and everybody's kind of complaining about how many people they have in the in the group. Up to seventeen people. This, that, and the other. <clears throat> Believe me, the money aspect of it is good. Yeah. You know, they put these people in there to do these extra things, mm-hmm. to do the $100 million, to do the $88 million in upgrades. All of these things are where you get your extra money from, yep. so he doesn't have to foot the bill himself. Yeah. It's smart business. It's smart business move. You're splitting, instead of spending $10 million of your own money, you might be spending $6 million of your own money. If you're going to split the risk, you got to split the expense. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I, I think it's perfect. I think that the way they did it was very thought out. This prospectus they came out with, um, they've obviously done their homework. Oh, yeah. They've done their research. The dude is known, Josh Harris is known for, we said it before, taking distressed assets and turning them into a positive. Uh, and, and I'm not even going to worry about, you know, now if you're listening to it, you know, Doc Rivers has been fired from the 76ers. Yeah, they didn't a, make it out. Yeah, we're not even You know, about that. hell, I mean. Different situation. I, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we can't even get to the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, yeah. I, I'll, I'll take whatever. But yeah. so for now, I think we can't touch the on the field product. I think he's smart enough to know by the time it's finalized that they're just going to have to ride out the year. But they can do other things oh, yeah. with trying to get the stadium stuff in, in motion and trying to upgrade the fan experience and the, and the stadium itself. They can set themselves up to win when this season's over with. They're just hitting the ball and hitting the ground running. Yeah. As soon as this season's over with. This season, like I said, the staff's already in place. It's too late in the offseason to make any major changes with the offseason. Yeah. So the staff that's here is the staff that's going to be there, and it is what it is. We're going to see how it plays out, yeah. and then ownership's going to make whatever decisions they deem necessary yeah. moving forward. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and all the people that are on the – and we would love for the, the team to probably change the name. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like most people say on Twitter – you know, the Danny Ruiz and stuff. Yeah, you would like it, but that's not up on the priority nah, list. Nah, that's that. Nah, for me, my thing is this. Would it be nice to possibly change the name again? But that's further down my list of concerns. Yeah. My concerns are upgrading the facilities, yeah. you know, getting, uh, you know, basically just a better front office yeah. uh, and just running the organization the way it's supposed to be run. That, that to me, is priority number one. Exactly. So, yes, I would love the name to be changed. I love Red Wolves. I know a lot of people think that's childish or whatever. Uh, I think that would bring kind of the college vibe to it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and you call it the Wolves' Den. You know, you get fans hyped about it. That That's for another time. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get them in the door. Let them do these upgrades yep. and, and, and save the rest of that stuff for later. You know, we can deal with that later. Hell, we dealt with Daniel Snyder for 23 years and, and his asinine ways. Yep. Let's go ahead and give the Harris group some time to get their feet wet before yeah. we start clamoring for a damn change. Name yeah. and change. Oh, agreed. 100%. 100% agree. 100%. Oh. All right. So next thing we're going to hit on real quick is the rookie camp uh, just happened or is going on. Um, kind of exciting. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and, and, our, and our boy that we drafted in the first round. Manuel Forbes. Manuel Forbes, first day, gets an interception. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, that's what they bought him in for. And, and you can sit there and, and talk all you want about, oh, it's guys that aren't even going to be in the NFL. It's this, that, and the other. It, yeah. It just shows his, his football IQ. And, you know, some of it is risk-taking. So you're yeah. going to get some double moves he's going to get hit on. Yep. You know? But – I, and I think I predicted yesterday when we talked, just spoke, I'm predicting four interceptions for him this year. Yeah, I can say um, that. Make, make realistic. Realistic. Yeah, and not not hardcore with it, but and he will get beat some. But, uh, you know, first day and first week, 
Uh, everything seems to be looking pretty good for him. There's been reports out there that the coaches love him, uh, love his football IQ, love his attacking mentality. Uh, that's something we haven't had probably since D Hall. Yeah, not, uh, yeah, not since D Hall. And, and the bottom line is this: you know, we were 27th in interception rate last year. So when all those offensive tackles were gone, when we were picking at 16, we had to go with the corner there. And Ron Rivera decided to go with the corner that's the ball hawk. Yeah, the corner that turns the ball over. Yeah, and that's what we need because our team struggled on yeah. defense for turnovers. Yeah, the, overall the defense was good, but the bottom line is that. Good defenses become great defenses when you can turn the ball over. Exactly. And you bring in a ball hawk corner that has a propensity to pick the ball off, get his hands on the ball, that is invaluable at the next level. Yeah. Because you can get a turnover, give our young offense a short field, that, that is going to go a long way in helping us win football games, bottom line. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, we, we had nine interceptions last season in a 17-game season. Yeah, that's just... Uh, and nine fumble recoveries. That is not gonna. That's not gonna do it. No, you cannot be a great defense, like you said. You said it perfectly. You think of the great defenses in the NFL history. They got the ball. Yep, turned the ball over, gave the offense short fields. Yeah, Emmanuel Forbes has that skill set where he just has a knack for being around the ball, ball hawk guy. And, you, and like I said, I know it's just I know it's just rookie mini camp, but to see that he already got a pick, it's just a good omen. Yeah, good yeah, on. definitely. That's all it is. Uh, and I think what I'm going to come up with for my thing, I got I got two names to watch out for yep. um, that I believe are going to make the team. Uh, one is uh, Kazmir Allen, uh, five Speedster. foot nine, Speedster, <laughs> five foot nine, one seventy five from UCLA. Mm-hmm. He is a return specialist, kick and punt. Uh, also plays wide receiver. Uh, I can see him more of in a gadget role mm-hmm. uh, and on utility offense, type role. utility type yep. role, maybe some screens, maybe some end arounds, stuff mm-hmm. like that, uh, as well as kick and punt returner. Uh, the dude, he, he, he's good. Yeah. Um, he is not your typical speedster because at the combine, he, he only ran like a four or five or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, game speed and, and um, the speed for the little track that they do where they're yeah. running from a track. Uh, uh, Very different. Uh, they, they, to, two totally different Very things. Very different. Two totally different things. So, yeah. so like just like Daryl Green. Daryl Green, they said Daryl Green ran just as fast with pads on as he did without. Yep. That's the difference. Can you transfer that from track and field speed over to NFL speed? Yep. And I think he can. So I think Casimir Allen is going to be with the team. He's an undrafted rookie free agent. I think he's going he's gonna to be with the squad. Uh, second guy I got is same position, wide receiver, Jalen Sample from Minnesota State. He's had some really nice grabs already in the, in the rookie camp. Six foot four, 200 and some change. Mm-hmm. Um, need a big guy now. Need a big guy. We lost yeah. Cam Sims. Lost Cam Sims. Makes sense. So yeah. you, you get another big receiver in there. I think we're, uh, we're set with the top four. Uh, I think they will keep six at a minimum, possibly up to seven mm-hmm. receivers on the roster. And that's where I think these two guys will slot in. Dax Milne, if you're like me, you know he shouldn't be on the roster. I loved him when he came out as like a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I-, I think other guys are just better options at this point. I think Dax yeah. Milne experiment will finally be over with. Yeah. And we won't have to watch him return any more kicks or punts. Oh, God, please, yes. <laughs> So, <laughs> So that's on our end of it. So I think that's pretty good. 
Um, so remember those two names, Jalen Sample, Casimir Allen. I think those are two guys that have a, a solid shot at being on the roster come day one. Yeah, two, guy, two guys just to look out for us, uh, two undrafted guys that have a real chance to make the roster and contribute and fill some spots that we could need some help in. Right. Yep. And I think you had uh, just a, a, as far as um, – a, a battle that's going to go on. Yes. You had something you wanted to say yeah, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real interesting. You know, we, we went ahead and we released uh, Chase Ruye, uh, freed up about $8 million. He's going to be post-designation June 1st. Post-June 1, yeah. So free up about $8 million. We drafted a pure center that has a lot of experience in the SEC, Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. Hog. He's a hog. Oh, he's a hog, baby. He's a hog. You got, it's got to work. Gotta it's got to work. He's a hog work. coming to the hog. Got to do it, baby. Got to do it. <laughs> And, of course, you know, we picked up a backup guard from the Giants last year, Nick Gates, who's coming off an injury, but we can, we're making him a center. And it's interesting because we project him to be center. He comes in on a, on a very cheap deal because, again, he was a backup in New York last year. You get this young third-round pick, Ricky Stromberg, out of Arkansas. I see a battle brewing. Yeah. I see a battle. And, and, you know, made the best man win. But it's pretty exciting to see the, the potential for a third-round draft pick that we drafted to play center and this backup left guard that's going to play center. Yeah. See these guys battle. See what happens. I'm fascinated to see what happens there. Yeah, know? definitely. I mean, hell, we're coming off Chase Ruye. He was a sixth-round pick. Sixth-round pick, yeah. Uh, yep. He worked his way into a, a legitimate starting caliber center. Yep. Wasn't a pro bowler. No. Nope. Nope. But he was pretty solid. Pretty, very uh, solid center. Yeah, so... And, and then and injuries got a hold of him. Injuries got him two years in a row. Yeah. Uh, and they did what they had to do. We, yep. were, we were clamoring for it. If you've listened to our pods, you know yep. we said we got to get rid of Ruyer. Yep. Got it, yeah. So he's got to go. He's gone post-June 1, saved the $8 million. Uh, and then you go ahead and, and, like you said, have that battle. Have that you battle. You know, and, and see best man win. If, if Stromberg doesn't start, yep. then... He can sit there and learn the offense, learn whatever, and then he's waiting in the wings if Nick, Nick Gates gets hurt. Exactly. I so, love it. All right, cool. Yeah. So so that's kind of a, you know, for us, it's pretty quick on the commanders. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's only what, that's about uh, almost 18 minutes. Kind of quiet right now. Yeah, kind of quiet. Just a little mini camp going. Yeah, little mini camps, and you're going to have the uh, OTAs, mandatory OTAs coming mm-hmm. up in June. Mm-hmm. Then you got the end of July will be the training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then by that time, you know, I'll be moved out to Arizona, mm-hmm. and then we'll be doing this, um, doing the pods remotely. Uh, and then we'll get, get it set up with Zoom, so yep. we have it on the YouTube channel, so you'll be able to to see our ugly mugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna be making some big strides here soon. Yeah. All right. So next we got uh, we're gonna talk about the Nationals. Like we said, we're gonna yeah, talk man. about all yeah, all sports. It. So we're gonna talk about the Nats. The one big thing is um, you know their young team. For the most part, they have some 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 older guys on there. But for the young, we have a young core. Yeah. So. D, you've done some research, and you've got some numbers up there for us for, yeah, for our yeah. young Nats. Oh, yeah. So, you know, bottom line is this. You know, we, you know, the Nats won the World Series in 2019. It was very exciting. Yes. And then, and then over the last couple of years, a lot of our top-tier players have been traded. The, the learners have not wanted to pay the guys once it's time to get paid. And it is what it is. You can agree or disagree with that. It is what it is. We did win a World Series. The last couple of years, we've kind of been down in the basement. But don't fret. For all you Nats fans, you know, stay loyal to the team. They are in a rebuild mode. We've picked up a lot of prospects over the last two years mm-hmm. off of the Scherzer and Turner trade from two years ago. Yep. And then, of course, the Soto trade. There were a lot of players that came to us and have moved up now. I'm just going to throw out some young guys. Keep these guys in mind here. You know, you got Joey Manessis, good 
player batting 300 right now. Very excited to see. Got him. He's what 31. 31. And got years him old. from Mexico City. Got him from Mexico City. <laughs> he man. was he was actually just picked up as a free agent, mm-hmm. and I think Rizzo hit a home run with that. Oh yeah. I mean, you gotta love it. Here's a guy doing his job. Dry. You got RBIs. You know, like I said, batting 300. I mean, what more can you ask for from this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, he's got 22 RBIs this year. Yeah. I mean, First baseman nice. DH. Uh, can play the outfield, but they usually use him as the DH or first baseman. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a good pickup. You got Lane Thomas, 27-year-old. Lane Thomas came from the two-year-ago trade, uh, was brought over as a and, and came in. He's 27 years old. He came from the Cardinals. The Cardinals, yeah. And we got him for the yeah, Cardinals trade, for the pitcher. For the pitcher. That was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yep. right, right, right. We traded a pitcher. We got Lane Thomas in and um, batting two eighty five right now with um, 18 ribbies. Nice. So again, he's contributing, playing well. Um, Twenty-seven years old, so he's got you know he's got some he's got a lot of years left in him. Yep. Um, Luis Garcia, twenty-two years old, really want this guy to succeed. Yeah, definitely. Batting two seventy, his batting average has gone up quite a bit. I mean, a week ago he was batting like in the two forties. Yeah. And he's already up to two seventy. Yeah. Um, he's got seventeen RBIs again. Twenty-two year old second baseman. Yeah. Uh, very talented. Really like to see this guy. It seems like he's taking. He's doing better with his uh, seeing pitches now yeah. and, and really battling a lot off and, and finding a way to really get, get on base. And it's very exciting to see. So that's another name to keep in mind. And that um, we got him, I believe, from our Dominican yeah, Academy. Yeah, the Dominican Academy. So we Academy. signed him as a, as a teenager. Yep. And he's been with us like we did with Soto. Yep. And he's worked his way up through the system, and, and now he's contributing. Yep, most definitely. And then right, and, just, and the last guy I'm going to talk about before we get into our pitchers is C.J. Abrams. Now, C.J. Yeah. Abrams is – was the prize prospect, positional-wise, uh, non-pitcher from last year's trade yes. with Soto. Yeah. Uh, here's a guy, big-time farm system guy from the Padres farm system. Yep. He's batting two fifty you You're thinking, oh, that's not that great. Well, he was batting in the two twenties not that long ago. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. So he's now worked his way up. And the guy, he, he's 22 years old. No, 21 years old. Yeah. Very young. He has 22 RBIs. Yeah. Now he's batting at the bottom of the lineup. He's they've been uh, they've been fluctuating between seven and eight, nine. Yeah. So he's the bottom of the lineup. Yeah. But this is a guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing. I'm enjoying watching him play. Yep. Watching him grow as a player. This is a guy again, big time prospect that we got from the trade last year with the Padres from Juan Soto. Uh, looking forward to this guy developing and hopefully becoming a, an impact player and a force for us moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. think coming coming he's shortstop. Uh, he's going to go ahead and and get you uh, double digits and steals. How high we go, we don't know. Right now, I think he's at five or six for the season. Yep. Uh, so he's got the speed. He's got a slick glove. He did start off with some errors at the Early beginning of the year. Again, yeah. uh, he's gotten better with that, gotten more comfortable out there. And like I said, just a young cat that they added uh, through that trade. So so it's a nice pickup so far. And the good thing is is they're just playing him every day. Yeah, go out there and do. learn. Yep, nothing's better than experience. Yep. I do want to hit you with one more, though. Yep. Ruiz, man. Oh, yeah. How can you not talk about our catcher? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, man. I can't forget about Ruiz, man. Keeper Ruiz. Keeper Ruiz, who was another. This is a guy that was the prize uh, non-pitcher from two years ago. Right. That came in. And this is a guy that has done real well catching. He's he's worked his way up. He's batting 242, which for a catcher batting 242 in today's baseball, very respectable. Yeah. Very respectable. Yeah. I mean, I would would like it to be higher. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, 242, I think he'll get up. Probably the 260 range before the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no no question about that. Yeah, I'm looking for big things from him. You know, like I said, good young catcher. 
uh, like his feel with the pitchers and how he's doing, and uh, just looking for him to develop more and, and, and kind of raise that average up a little bit and make yeah. more of an impact on the team. Yeah, definitely. And, and like I say, he came from uh, the um, trade from the from Dodgers. Trade from the Dodgers two years ago. Two years ago. We and, traded Scherzer and uh, Turner. And Turner. And they, and they took a page out of the Braves book, and they've already re-signed already him to an eight-year contract. Very smart, because they see the future with this guy. Yes. This guy's only going to get better. They see that. Get them, get them, get them signed now, yep. so you have them long term. You can watch them develop and turn into something good. Yep, definitely. And the, the pitchers love him the way he calls the game. Yep, a good defensive catcher. And if we could get him up to batting like two seventy uh, with you know fifteen twenty home runs, I think right. we'd have a, a hell of a hell of a guy. I love that. I love that. All and right, now what you got on our pitchers? Man? All right, so the two. Yeah, I'm really going to focus on two key guys. Uh, obviously, Josiah Gray. Again, Josiah Gray was the most prized prospect. From the Dodger trade two years ago, uh, from the Dodgers farm system, he was one of the top pitching prospects in the country, mm-hmm. and, the, and and the number one prospect of the Dodgers farm system. Yes, and uh, you know, watching him pitch a little bit two years ago, pitching last year, pitching this year, you could really see a change in this guy. Command on his fastball, really fighting off where a cut where last year. You know, where maybe he might fall apart early on. Really seeing him battle. And I tell you, I'm very encouraged with his numbers. Here's a guy that's had eight starts. He's He's got a 2.96 ERA, so a sub-3 ERA, which is extremely impressive yes. for a pitcher yeah. in, in the major leagues. Very nice to see. Um, coincidentally, he's pitching tonight. Yes. He'll, be, he'll be going in about 12, 13 minutes. So, yeah, that we're going to uh, watch. We'll be watching that. <laughs> Looking forward to that. So, again, this is a young pitcher where – for all you casual fans out there, if you're listening to this, these are the guys you want to watch because, again, yes, we're in last place. Yes, we're five games below 500, but we were projected to be horrible, and we're actually pretty respectable. Yeah. So for all you Nat fans out there, watch these guys. Watch the team. And let me tell you, Josiah Gray is showing signs. Yeah. Like I said, 2.96 ERA, the last six starts, he is five of those six starts, he has had a two earned runs or less. Yeah. Two earned runs or less. That's nice. That's very nice. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, you got Mackenzie Gore. Now, Mackenzie Gore, same amount of starts, eight, a very good 3.29. So he's almost at three for his ERA. Right. This is your young cat as well that I'm very impressed with. Yeah, got him from uh, the Soto trade. The Soto with, trade with from last year. Yep. So yep. he came from CJ Abrams. So, so think about that. Two years ago, you made trades to the Dodgers, and you bring in Josiah Gray. Last year, you trade Juan Soto, and you get a bunch of picks, and you get Mackenzie Gore. Yep. So you see what we're doing, and again, you can argue, you can agree or disagree on whether we should play these players or trade them, but the bottom line is that if you're going to trade them, you want to bring in prospects that can develop. Yep. And the, the positional players that me and my cousin have pointed out, these are guys that either we got in a trade or that we brought in from Mexico City, or we brought in from the Dominican Academy. And these are guys that you want to see develop and become future good players, and some of them become stars, so that we could be on top again. And it's the same thing with these pitchers. You bring in these prospects, you want these guys to develop. They're not going to be superstars overnight. You're looking for them to develop and and, and really work on their game, work on their pitches, and and get their innings up to where, you know, you would like for pitchers, a starting pitcher to go at least six innings. Right. And so, you know, to see these guys get up there more, getting more innings out of them, it's very exciting. And, and, And I'm just looking forward to these guys the rest of the season and seeing them develop as we move forward. Yeah, definitely. And and Gore only had, I believe, one start for us last year after the trade because he was kind of banged up. Yeah. So I think he started either one, maybe two games or something near the end of the season. 
so you didn't really get to see much of him. And the fact that we get to see him now, and like you said, just over three, three point two nine, very respectable oh, ERA. Very respectable ERA. Um, yeah, I mean that's 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 what you love to see, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So these are two young cats that are going to be a core uh, of our rotation going forward, uh, and then it'll just be a matter of hopefully either the learners sell. Yeah. Or they, they come through and they start signing these guys long-term. Yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. Because it's one thing, if you're not going to re-sign your positional non-pitcher players, that's one thing. But if you just continually just have a guy play for you, and then when it's time to get, to get paid, you just don't, you don't, you don't sign them, you know, that's going to be frustrating. Yeah. And so you would like to see us, you know, if some of these guys work out, which we hope they will, Get them signed up long term, man. Get them sewn up. Have them become core members of this Nats team yeah. because that's the only way we're going to get back to winning again. Exactly. Line. Yeah. And we do have uh, a lot. I think there's five in the top 100 in the Major League uh, Baseball pipeline. We'll get into that on another pod. Yep. We haven't done our research on that, but I do believe it's five guys uh, that are in the top 100 in in, in our uh, Major League Baseball pipeline. That's so, not bad. That's, so good to, yeah. that's pretty good. That's, that is. hasn't happened. Now, most of these dudes. You know, one. Well, I don't think. I think it's split half and half. I think it's about half of them are our own. Half of them we got in the trades. With trades, right? Um, so that's good that they, those guys are coming through as well. And while we're on the minors type of thing, I'm going to go ahead and hit you off with. We we talked about the draft. Now yes. we have the second overall second pick. second overall pick, uh, which you know, and and just for everybody to know that Major League Baseball changed the way they do the draft. Yep. So now, if we stink, <laughs> we cannot get higher than the tenth pick. Yep. For next year's draft. Right. So there's really not as much of an incentive to tank right. because that's what you've seen with maybe Pittsburgh, Kansas City, mm-hmm. some of these other teams that have said that. But you got some uh, some names for us in yeah. the draft that we're looking at. couple of guys. Well, first off, we're picking second. The Pirates are picking first. The consensus is Dylan Cruz, outfielder, just an absolute beast, can crush it. He all for all counts, he's going to be the number one overall pick. Yeah, he's going to be the outfielder, just absolute, just the guy's killing it right now. He's almost batting five hundred. Almost batting five hundred, man. So yes, he, it's college, but yeah, Jesus, yeah, that is he's ridiculous. batting almost five hundred. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> this guy is definitely going number one. But it looks like finally we're going to have some good luck fall on our sides because, by all accounts, the name Paul Skeens. Will sit out for a long time. This is a right-handed pitcher, six foot six, two hundred thirty-five pounds from LSU. This guy, by all accounts, is the and everybody's saying this. You can go, you can look him up, you can read up on him. This is the best pitching prospect since Steven Strasburg. Let me say that again. This is the biggest pitching prospect to come out, and I and I and I want to emphasize prospect because nothing's guaranteed. Right. But again, best prospects in Steven Strasburg. Just look up his name, read up about him. The guy is dominant. Spell his name out. Spell his name out because it's Skeen. I don't. I don't. I don't even know how to say it. S K E N E S. Skeen. So Skeen. from LSU. From LSU. Six foot six pitcher. What do you What do you got on? Oh man, this guy is unbelievable. We're talking about a guy that has a. The guy had a one point seven three ERA. Okay, he leads Division One college baseball in strikeouts. The guy, so he's got an unbelievable ERA. He's got he's unbelievable with strikes out strikeouts. He's imposing. I mean, the guy's six foot six, two hundred thirty five pounds. So he's got all the tools to where he can be a dominant pitcher at the next level. And the yeah. fact that, and my cousin pointed this out, the fact that he's not out of high school, the fact that this guy has been in college the last couple of years, yep. he might be able, depending on what he does, because most 
accounts have most mocks have us drafting this guy two overall. Right. So if that happens and we do take him two overall, there's a good chance that next year he might be pull, he might be called up. He yeah. might be called up. I mean, he might do his bit at Double A, and then after that, they might just call him up. I yeah. mean, because he was in college, and with all accounts, if if this guy is what everyone's saying, we might be able to see this guy with us pitching, and that that's what's exciting about it. And you know, and he, what, he's only what twenty years old. He's twenty years old. So he's so he's young, but he's got the college experience. Yep. So he could be some. I think the way from what I've read about him, he could be a September call up. Yeah. And and get him a, a few games, and depending on how he does in spring training next year, this dude could be in the rotation from day one next year. And how exciting is that? I, that, that that's is my just, dude. That's the that, one that, I want. That's my dude, man. That, that's the one I want. Yep. I want a pitcher that you can get, and you pair him with Josiah Gray, who you yep. just went over, yep. Mackenzie Gore, Gore yep. and because we got to wait on Cavalier, uh, Ca- Cav- Cade Cavalier, Cavalier uh, yep. however his name is said, yep. uh, because he had Tommy John surgery. Right. So he's off the books for a while. So you put this guy right in his place. And you have a heck of a one, two, and three. Oh, yeah, that could be. So, like I said, the, the reason why we're pointing this all out is because I know you Nat fans out there are frustrated. Yeah. You're tired of being in the basement. Well, let me tell you something. Watch these young guys. Watch these young pitchers. Look at the pitcher that everyone's projecting us to draft here that has a chance to really be good. Not just average, but really elite. Yeah. And so get excited, guys, because in the next couple of years, man, we can have some really good ball players, some a really good pitching rotation, and we could be winning again in, in the DMV for baseball. So let's just keep this going, man. I mean, very exciting. Yeah, very and if exciting. you if you were um, if you were a Nats fan from the inception, like we were Orioles yeah. fans growing yeah, we up. Were, yeah, we grew uh, up Orioles fans because yep. there wasn't a team in DC, yeah, right? So uh, we just wrote, we just went for the Orioles, man. Yeah, and so as soon as DC came about. We started rooting for for the Nationals. Yep. So if you remember the the pitching staffs back then, where we had Jordan Zimmerman, yep. drafted, yep. Steven Strasburg. Yep. They had the closer Chad Cordero. Chad the Cordero Chief. was in there. Yeah. You yeah. know they had the Chief yeah. that, that came right from college and from day one was the closer. Was the closer. You from know. Day one. Yep. So these are guys that they were drafted. We were built on pitching staffs. Yep. And you have to have that in today's baseball. And you add this cat in here. To that rotation, and then when Cavallari gets healthy, oh yeah, it could be a man. You oh, talk about a, a staff right there. The next two years, in two years, our our pitching rotation could be like it was a couple of years ago, the best in baseball. It could be the best in baseball. There's a chance Absolutely. for that. Yes, no definitely is. Yep. Uh, and if we don't do that for whatever reason, if Rizzo says not to do that, who's the other cat that, that's going to be there? There's only one other choice. There's only, it's big time Wyatt Langford. He's another big bat. This guy's an absolute beast as well. The guy is batting 356 with a 447 on base percentage. So not too shabby. Not, not too bad. Not, not too, too shabby. Bad. Not a bad consolation prize if you can't get Dylan Cruz, yeah. who, who's the consensus number one pick. Right. I mean, this guy, Wyatt Langford out of Florida, I mean, if they decide to go non-pitcher and go you know, with an outfielder with a bat, this guy has a heavy bat. He was crushing in the SEC. Can't go wrong either there. Yeah, and and like I said, I, I tend to lean more towards pitcher. Me too. But those are the two names. If you're yeah. if you're gonna pay, if you don't like yeah. get into the draft and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. guaranteed one of those two names we just named off. That's gonna be our pick at number two. And basically, they're both right now supposed can't miss prospects. Can't miss prospects as long as they don't get hurt. Yeah, they have the pedigree and they should be top tier players over the next couple of years. And hopefully. You know, that's what happens, and they can contribute to this team and help us get on our winning ways again. Yeah, definitely. And the draft is July 9th, in case y'all want to 
you know, bookmark that. Yep. And like I said, you can bank on one of those two guys. I'm hoping for the pitcher. I am too. You know, for the pitcher. <laughs> one so, pitcher. And, and I guarantee you, you know, think about it. Like I said, but come September call ups, that dude's scheme could be called up, get a couple starts in. And then he could be in the rotation come April next year. And that's exciting. That is super exciting. Very exciting to think of. Okay, so that's our Nats talk for today. Yep. Uh, so we, we hit on the Nats. Now we're going to actually get into the Wizards. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say we haven't been as much up on the Wizards because we didn't like Grunfeld, didn't agree with what Shepard did, haven't liked the coaching choices. Just a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff to not like right now. What's going on in, 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 with the Wizards. Exactly. But they did finally fire the GM. Uh, so Tommy Shepard's gone. Uh, so you got you did some research on some names that we're possibly looking at. Yeah, there are really three top guys that the, that, that the Wizards are looking at and potentially bring him in to be uh, president of player uh, operations. Uh, you've got Tim Connolly from the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. A little buy on him, you know. He was offered the job in 2019, but opted to stay in Denver. Uh, he be, he began his career with the Wizards and helped build the Nuggets into a contender. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so, interesting to see what might happen there. You know, so you got Tim Conley. You got Trajan Langdon, uh, the, the Pelicans general manager. And he's kind of helped the, the, the Pelicans turn it around. Yeah. And they, they've actually had a winning season this year. Yeah. And they've gotten progressively better each year. Yeah. Uh, so, this is a guy that we're looking at as well. Um, he rebuilt the Pelicans. Um, and, again, this is a guy that could come in and help steady the ship. I mean, we need somebody in that front office that knows what they're doing. Uh, again, Trajan Langdon, another candidate, current general manager of the Pelicans. And then you've got Bob Myers, the Golden State Warriors general manager. Um, so these are just some names I'm throwing out right now. Uh, again, Bob Myers, Trajan Langdon, and Tim Conley. These are the three top candidates yeah. to be the GM for the Washington Wizards. And – if you are a fan of Washington teams, you know that the Wizards need front office help. Yeah. They need a guy to come in there and be a great leader, steer the ship right, yeah. make the right moves to put the players on the court that can compete in the Eastern Conference. Trade Bradley Beal. Trade Bradley Beal. Trade him. Trade him. Get rid of him. <laughs> that, that, that's my thing. I, I, like you said, you just said it. You need a general manager that will come in here and do what needs to be done. Yeah. Make the tough decisions. Make the tough decisions. Bradley Beal, if you watch any of the games – the team is better when he's not on the court. Right. And yep. you're paying this guy a max contract for not max production. Right. So it Good doesn't player. add up. Good player. Will get you the points. Doesn't seem to make the people around him better. Nope. Gets his points. But like my cousin just said, when he's not in the lineup, it almost seems like we play better when he's not in the lineup. Yeah. So that is something where whoever our GM is – that needs to be a serious consideration. Again, that could be a topic for another day, talking about trades and whatnot. But first thing on the menu needs to be considering trading him and getting bringing in some young guys yeah. to help build this roster. Yeah, somebody will want him. And oh, even yeah, if definitely. you don't want to bring in young guys, even if you want to do draft picks, somebody will give yeah, up he's something a, for him. Yeah, he's a shooter. He's yeah. a jump shooter. He's a I good mean, shooter. He's a scorer. He's a yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and they already talk about Porzingis wanting to re-sign, uh, do a – Opt out of his player option and, and sign a long term deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's to me for the general manager to decide, not for Leonsis to decide. Right. And I, I have heard rumblings that Leonsis does kind of meddle a little bit uh, with the with the team. So that that's neither here nor there for us. It's just a matter of hey, get a new voice in there and let's see if he wants to decide to get rid of you know West Sunset Junior. Yeah. You I know mean, that's what it's going to come down to because the bottom line is that you know. 
people don't realize this, but go back and look at these numbers. In the 1970s, and this is going to be hard for you all to believe right now, but I'm going to throw something out at y'all right now. The Washington at the time, the Washington Bullets, they were the winningest team in the 70s in the regular season. Wow. They went to four, four NBA championships. They won one. People forget that. People forget the success the Washington Bullets had in the 70s. They were a winning organization. They won. They won one championship, but they were always in the mix in the 70s. Now, let me rephrase that again. In the 70s. That was a long time ago. Long time ago. We want, look, basketball is. This, this is a basketball area. The DMV is a basketball area. We love basketball. A lot of tradition with basketball here. The pro team needs to be on top again. Yeah. And bringing in a new general manager to make the tough decisions to get this team back on track is paramount. And I can't wait for it to happen to bring back the Wizards. At the time, they were the Bullets, of course, to the Wizards and, and have them be, you know, be impactful and be relevant again. And that's what I want to see. Yeah, definitely. That's all we ask for. I yeah. mean, we, I mean, yes, championships are nice. I mean, we talked yeah. about it once we saw the Nationals win the World Series and when we saw yeah. the Capitals yeah. uh, win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. We didn't think we'd ever see that in our Never lifetime. Never thought we'd see it. Never so, thought we'd see so it. So we've been able to see in our lifetime, we've been lucky enough to see three Super Bowls. Three Super Bowls, a World Series, and a Stanley Cup. And what haven't we seen? The Wizards, the Wizards do anything. No, nothing. Not even win a championship, do anything. Nothing. So... And- so, yeah, you're right. And, and like I said, I think I, I used to be big on them uh, in the 80s, yeah. in the 90s, yep. um, when they drafted Tom Gugliotta, yeah, uh, yeah. my best friend Rock, who was on the pod uh, you know, last week, comedian. He, he was a big uh, NC State fan, loved yep. Tom Gugliotta. Love Googs. Um, and, and, you know, those type of teams, they were at least teams that were built to be competitive and try yep. to compete. And make the playoffs, not just the play-in game. Right. And Which I think is stupid. I hate the play, play-in game. Yeah. That's for another time. Yeah. But, you know, build the team up. Have a general manager that's going to get the job done and, and see what happens. But I think the first step is trade Beal, get yourself some assets, get from under that albatross of a contract, yep. and then go from there. Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, you really need to move forward. You really need to be strategic. Yes. And try to put the best roster together to compete in the Eastern Conference. And again, considering our history and how this is such a basketball town, the DMV as a whole, need to have a better pro product on the field. Got to have it. Yeah, Got to have a better pro product on the court. Yeah, definitely. So, bottom line. Okay, so, so we've hit on the Commander's sale news and some uh, rookie camp stuff. We talked, uh, like we promised, we talked about the Nats, uh, some names to watch for them as the Young Cats, and with the draft coming up July 9th. And we even hit on the Wizards talk a little bit with the, uh, again, the, the um, lottery is tonight here yep, coming up here tonight. shortly. Yep. Uh, and so that way we'll know what pick. So the next time we, we get on a pod, we'll be able to know which pick uh, Washington Wizards will have. And we can discuss some more on that. But like we promised, we're, we're all-encompassing because it's D.C. Sports Plus. D.C. Sports. All D.C. Sports, baby. Because that's, that's what we love. We grew up with it. Yep. We, we, we're diehards for all of it. Yep. Uh, and then we're going to get into all of it. So yep. we'll talk while it's a little bit of a down cycle for the commanders. We'll be talking more Nationals. We'll be talking more Wizards. Yep. Yep. We'll bring up the Caps stuff once they get themselves uh, um, 
uh, head coach because yep. Lavalette was fired. He was fired. So yep. we'll get into that on another pod. That'll be uh, a nice break. That'll be a nice debate. Nice conversation with that too. Yeah, yep. definitely. So we definitely appreciate y'all listening. Yep. Uh, like I said, it's going to be up on YouTube. Like and subscribe uh, on uh, Spotify, uh, on Samsung Music, uh, anywhere you can get your pods. Try to check us out. Keep listening. Tell everybody else. Hey, turn them on. They know what the hell they're talking about because you know what? We do. We certainly do. <laughs> and even if you don't think we do, hey, leave us a note on something and tell us, hey, you're full of crap. Yeah. And, and then we're more than happy to defend our stances on everything. Hell, me and, me and D don't always agree. Nah, not uh, always. No. But, but that's what makes it good as long as you can hear other people's opinions and mm-hmm. you might change your mind. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can change our mind on something that, that we didn't think about it a certain way. Mm-hmm. So we love y'all listening. Appreciate it. Get the word out there for for us because we love doing this. Yep. I love it, man. Holla. All right. We'll be back later. Yep.